Welcome to the resources for Integrated Care webinar, Palliative Care for Older Adults Duly Eligible for Medicare and Medicaid. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on December 5th, 2018. In this podcast, we will hear from Lisa and Linda Thompson, two family caregivers who will discuss their experience in coordinating palliative care for their family member and utilizing palliative care teams. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having us. My name is Linda Thompson, and my sister, hello, my name is Lisa Thompson. We'd like to introduce our 80-year-old mother, Peggy Melanson, who was a celebrated writer, performing artist, storyteller for grown-ups, and she was proud of her career as a medical office consultant for 25 years, as she would tell everybody. She was originally from Boston area, a longtime Somerville resident, and since 2004, she was proud to live in Holyoke, Mass. She had an active and full life. You can look up Peggy Melanson, as she would say, on Google. You can Google her obituary and discover what a huge contribution she made. On a personal note, our mom told us stories when we were children about how she grew up poor in Boston. She ended up living for a time in foster care, and once she was of age, she married our father, and they adopted her younger brother out of foster care. She was eventually able to purchase her own home and spend her life paying off her house so she could own it outright, finally feeling safe and that no one could take it from her. Because of her traumatic childhood and after such hard work, at the end of her life, she insisted on being home when she died. We promised we would be there for her to help her wish come true. We chose palliative care because we had previously discussed hospice with mom and she didn't like the focus on dying. She, just the word hospice would bring up a negative connotation to her. At one point she asked us not to say the H word. <laughs> so we spoke to her CCA nurse and asked for help and assistance with caring for my mom at home because her needs were greater than we could provide. Uh, we were offered additional services, PCA hours via Western Mass Elder Care, including paying family members to help, which was really helpful because my, my sister was giving up time for work to, to take care of my mom during the daytime. And we were presented with the option of palliative care team. So how Commonwealth Care Alliance helped us in this decision process, it was because our mom experienced her home as a sanctuary. She really didn't want people in her home. She just didn't, especially people she didn't know. She wanted to rely solely on us, but we knew we couldn't provide the round-the-clock care she needed. We asked CCA for a family meeting without my mom to strategize a way to get her to agree to in-home care since transporting her to and from multiple providers was so cumbersome and exhausting for all involved. She also was starting to get confused as her cognitive abilities were declining. CCA was able to provide us with a family caregivers meeting. Her case manager at CCA uh, recommended the palliative care team doctor could see her in her home, but we knew she would object because she didn't know him and didn't want anyone coming to her house except for us. At that meeting, we discussed her care needs and devised a creative plan to introduce mom to the palliative care doctor, framing him as a pain specialist, since that was what was most important to her at the time. 
We knew the doctor could provide primary care services and help coordinate with the existing care providers, which included many specialists, oncology, diabetes, pain therapy, surgeons, physical therapy, occupational therapy, many tests and prescriptions. So we arranged for her to meet Dr. Bromberg in an office she was familiar with. So in the meeting with Dr. Bromberg, he took his time. He took time to get to know her and discovered that she was a storyteller. And then, after she spoke a lot about all these different things that she had been through, he invited her to present a storytelling event for the CCA staff. She was thrilled. She was so excited when she came home, she put together the program and the visual aids. It gave her a purpose, something to look forward to, and she said that she had been missing that in her life. So the palliative care nurse, Karen, and her primary care nurse, Shar, explained the palliative care team concept to us as an alternative to hospice, which meant keeping existing providers that she already knew and in-home treatment options rather than replacing them with brand new outsiders run by a hospice, people that we hadn't even met. Palliative care seemed to us the best option because she could provide for she could, could meet providers outside in the medical settings, and then we could um, be open to having them do in-home visits since she knew them already. She got to know them first, and then she was much more open to having them come here. Um, we asked for and were able to have palliative care team that was set up for her by CCA. Mom and her mom had a nurse, Shar, and Brent in charge of her case with CCA. On, and Dr. Bromberg um, that served her new P as a new PCA, PCP. Then arrangements were made for visiting nurses, home physical therapists, home occupational therapists, social worker services, and PCA services and medical suppliers as needed. A lot her, she was offered social work, but she declined that counseling. But everyone together seemed to really know how to work with her and give her sort of the counseling and support that she needed the way she needed it. They had coordinated care team approach. That was the most important to us. They communicated with each other. So we didn't have to talk to each and every provider to set up services. CCA coordinated all that communication and scheduling to provide an in-home services. So the palliative care team approach benefited our mom and us. So the pain was so unbearable to her and so to focus on an effective pain treatment was the thing that won her over. It was really amazing that, the, that Dr. Bromberg worked with the pain therapy team, got her a shot that actually worked. And I think just feeling valued, feeling connected with, being able to get a kind of effective help just turned the tide for her. And she was open to having people that she knew that she knew could help her come to her home. It really made a difference to do something concrete that was helpful. So in addition to that, combining the efforts that she had to continue to treat her pain afterwards was really important. And to have the, the, the doctors and the nurses and the physical therapists come in and be able to provide her with that in-home care, she started to actually enjoy having visits. And another benefit of having a palliative care team approach was 
because she was in the care of CCA, when she needed tests, when she needed information about what would be the next best strategy for her, the insurance approval process was expedited, and that was really important for, for her at that stage in her life. Additionally, there were so many different kinds of people coming into her home that she had originally said she didn't want people coming into her home, but all of a sudden she really liked having people come into her home because she's really social. And so she, since she couldn't leave the home, having people come into the home really met a need that she had that she wasn't aware she wasn't going to be able to go out of the house again. So it was really wonderful that a diverse group of people kept coming into the house, giving her an opportunity to tell stories, uplifting her spirits, making her feel valuable and cared for, cared for in ways that she wanted. She got to the point where she actually enjoyed people visiting her in the home. And she got to tell her stories to new audience, which was really valuable. So there were people who were trained to provide personal care services for mom and help train us for safe care for her and for us. That was really important to us because we really did not know what to do. Um, CCA staff provided warmth, humor, sent us uplifting uh, gifts, like, I guess they're called, for, to our cell phones that really gave us a boost of inspiration, um, support, um, and understanding. They answered questions in the middle of the night, going the extra mile for us, all made it possible for us to sustain round-the-clock care for our mom in her home. And one example I have is a quick story is one of the nurses um, that came by um, knew that my mom really liked to cook, and he liked to cook. That's the picture you see in here. And so she wanted to make her spaghetti sauce for the first time. And uh, for he the, wanted for to the, learn it. He wanted to learn it. So he knew this was important to her. So he says, well, why don't I help you make this? And that just changed everything for her about being home, too. She actually got to do something that was really valuable to her, which was cook and have someone be there with her. And that was a home environment. It was so special. That's why I had to take this picture. After having this experience, um, one of the things that I'd like to say is uh, there are things that we could improve. I don't know if we have the time to do that, but just, just to say in a, in a moment that we would like to recommend um, whoever is in charge of palliative care come up with a palliative care at-home care kit for, provide, for family providers because we don't have PCA training. And it would be great with a video instruction <laughs> and a list of supplies that you should have on hand if you agree to take care of your family member at home because there's a lot of supplies that we didn't even know existed. So that would be a great improvement for us if we could have like a video instruction and a list of things. So did you want to add? Yeah, and I think like even some training. Um, my mom ended up in the hospital, so we had a real limited time to go, oh, my God, this house has to change. We have to move the bed. We have to do this. What do we do? So they were really supportive and going, okay, this is what we do here. Talk to this OT person. We're going to order this. But it wasn't, some of it wasn't really in the right timing. So I think that, you know, working together with groups like CCA to come up with a sort of different kind of plan to maybe make, tweak it, to make arrangements that are um, good for the caretakers to make sure it's actually safe. Um, they gave us a bed that was like an institutional bed that was so wrong, but that's nobody's fault. It's just whatever they said, you know, a hospital bed. But then they were able to replace it immediately with something that was awesome for my mom, and she right. was really able to surrender to it. And so we can talk further if there's any questions about that, but I think that would be something that we could um, improve. Right. And we would offer to help put together that list for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you very much for this opportunity. Yeah. And that's it for us.
Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.